What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Premium Chapter 229 of the QAA Podcast, The Ritual Killer Movie Night Episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Fields, and Liv Agar. Hello, everybody. This week, we've successfully scared Travis off with a movie <laughs> so good, so quality that his tiny brain could not appreciate it. We've got Liv and Jake. How are you guys doing? Uh, fantastic. The, the funny thing about this this whole Travis scenario is that he did watch the movie. He, yeah, we, he watched he the suffered. movie and then decided not to come on the show. <laughs> Yeah, so that's an amazing so, yeah. achievement. So here's a scenario where Travis fully planned on being in this episode. <laughs> he then watched the movie, imagined what an episode might look like, <laughs> discussing the film, and decided, mm, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. Well, it was because essentially, like, what was gonna happen was us jabbering, having fun, having our goofs, having our gaffes, and then him at the end being like, um, you know, in in university, the uh, the bell doesn't actually go off. That's, uh, <laughs> Which he's right about. To give him credit, he would be correct. He's not, always correct. That's that not his problem. That university scene that this movie opens with, I also oh. have to say, at some point, <laughs> at some point in films, and I know this because. In my day job, let's say, uh, you know, where I work, uh, you know, with independent films, Jake it, is employed full time by be- us. It became it became okay to send ADR to have actors record ADR on their phones and send it into an audio technician yeah. who tries to make it sound good. I think half of it, like the kid who's asking uh, the questions, I think all of his dialogue is ADR, and it sounds like it was recorded on a phone. So ADR is just cut in audio from outside the shot. Yeah, I do think it's him. But it's it's him. Such bad delivery. It's so funny. Oh yeah. It's it's you'd have to make an effort to. I think honestly, and we'll get into this. You know, first of all, welcome to the episode. I hope you're doing well, listener. Yeah. It's yeah. us. So here we are. So lives here. So the movie. It's a 2023 movie, brand new, brand spanking oh, new. Yes. It, it is produced by Redbox Media. Now these are the boxes uh, that you see outside of your 7-Eleven. You know, <laughs> uh, they they now produce movies. You but know, that's are, not the original money. They by are. The way. They are funding. I'm going to get into the original funding. Okay, I can't wait for that. But I this, think they just got that as the distributor, basically, because they a, couldn't get it to movies. This is a Redbox like movie. Redbox, you know, this was supposed to revolutionize the the home DVD industry, and now these machines, <laughs> they, you know, they've been they've been abandoned. Uh, they look like yeah. you could put a couple dollars in, and you like might as well may, be called Blockbuster. Maybe get you know maybe get like a baggie of crack uh, out of the little you know. <laughs> Out of the little drawer at the bottom. The film you can? Sta- the film stars Crack? Morgan Freeman and Cole Hauser. What debt is Morgan Freeman in? Like, like- Oh, no, 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 no. It's not that. I'm almost certain there's like money laundering stuff going on. He's oh. he's definitely been doing a series of movies. Some of them with the same gang of Italians. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into it. Okay, okay. Go, go, go ahead. I'll, I've got yeah. things to say, but. Yeah, of course you do. And we'll have plenty of time for that. We've got, you know, lots of clips. It's it's a masterpiece. It's a real piece of shit, folks. No, no, no. It's very good. <laughs> this was sent in by Christopher Holly. Congratulations and thank you for what you did to <laughs> all of us. Yeah, you're great. 
So the movie was directed by George Gallo. Now, he wrote Midnight Run, which is 1988 film. He came up seen. with the story for Bad Boys 1995. Seen. Seen. But, and, but it says and he came up with sequels. his story, so clearly they took the script away from him and he did yes. not direct, which mm. is why it ended up good, probably. He's a real premise guy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a, a story. <laughs> Look, A, he's one, one of two uh, <laughs> cops and they're black. He's like, hey, he's a story. Hey, yo, you think my friend's a screenwriter? Not true. He's a story by guy. Yeah, that's he's a, definitely a story by guy of some sort. He wrote and directed Middleman 2009 starring uh, Luke Wilson. I have not seen that. I don't know if you have, Jake. No, no. no. I remember. I remember seeing like the yeah. posters in the preview. Not okay. my, not my thing. He also has some uh, fantastic movies I've never heard of. Uh, like he directed and wrote 2008's My Mom's New Boyfriend. In 2001, he was the writer on Sea Spot Run, a children's book, and well, a children's book then uh, adapted for the screen and turned into like a 30 Rock style comedy movie. What's I feel a children? Like. A children. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a tri- that's a trillion children. <laughs> and in 2007, he penned Codename the Cleaner, starring Cedric the Entertainer, which looks I remember like, that. like an attempt at like a, a kind of spy spoof where mm-hmm. he also like gets pussy, I guess, because it's just like him in front of like two stripper looking girls. <laughs> and he's like, I got a gun. <laughs> Cedric the Entertainer is like a very funny person to try to build a movie around. Um, anyways. So let's just say he has some sort of rapport with Morgan Freeman, uh, including 2021's Vanquish, which I had not heard of before. Me neither. Uh, has a, three po- uh, a 3.0 out of 10 on IMDb. And Gallo seems to have just a, a very long history of very mediocre movies. Like that's his IMDb. It's just like at best he's he's hitting it like a six, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah. You get movies made. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jake's a solid. Uh, I'm like a forty-two. Like a forty-two. Yeah, four point two. <laughs> four twenty. He's a solid four twenty. I'm like a forty-five. I'm like a. I'm like a Trump yeah. presidency rated. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas my art films would definitely hit sixty-nine. All right, the the Ritual Killer, twenty twenty-three. Originally, uh, they tried to name it Muti, which is like I'm sure that the studios were like, guys, it's already bad. Okay, can you at least give it a name that the dumb people would be able to. Get their little brains around. They're like, hey, we like mo- we see the movies with killer in the title. <laughs> killer. <laughs> Do ritual. <laughs> we could talk to the people, you know, that have gone crazy after January 6th. We know there's a lot of them. <laughs> Maybe they think about the rituals all day and night. Maybe we get them in on this. The basic premise of this film is like, what if John Wick was a pedophile? <laughs> I think. Like, what if he worshipped Moloch and sacrificed children? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, kind of. Or it's kind of like, and I know you you sort of brought this up in the chat, Liv, but like, it's kind of like Seven, but if Morgan Freeman only showed up to the crime scenes in Seven and then was inexplicably absent for like the rest of the movie. It's, it's Seven if you asked Morgan Freeman today in his mental state today to tell you what the movie's plot is while eating french fries. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it is. It has garnered it's a masterpiece, obviously. It's garnered an unfair 4.2 on IMDb, which nice. 11% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of 20%. So, not the critics nor the audience are no, into but this. The critics are understand. wrong. The critics are wrong. The audience is wrong too, Jake. Critics 10% Audience, 20%. They're gonna, they like it a little bit more. There's only one thing dumber than the audience, Jake. It's the critics. They're <laughs> disgusting. They're stupid. 
there, Vermin. I see a lot of green splats on the screen, okay? I see a lot of ripe-looking... T- I don't see too many ripe-looking tomatoes, but I do see a lot of green splats, all right? Nobody <laughs> likes the gr- nobody likes to get slimed when they're talking about the movie, okay? Funnily enough, the, like, approach to color correction on this movie did result in greens and reds being out of control. Mm-hmm. I've never seen such a terrible job. It is very much what happens when you let, like, older Italian guys who don't know anything about anything, like, oversee color correction because they're like, make it pop. Make it pop. They're like, I saw a movie once. It was all in sepia. Yeah. <laughs> they they think, I think in their brains, they were like, this looks like Scorsese in the 70s. Yeah. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It looks like you shot it on digital, turned the fucking saturation up way too high, and the contrast up a little too high as well. Inexplicable camera angles that start like below the ground, you know, below oh. the ground or in the grass. It's like a Total police shit. car yeah. rolls up. They'll open on a shot oh. like super close in. On somebody with somebody out of focus mm. in the background. Yeah. Uh, the focus will then change, which in normal movies would reveal something in the background, but nothing is there. I mean, the editing is unbelievable. I mean, How, the f- however, an hour and a half, Jake. Let's give them some props. That the, I agree. The the joy of a, a such a good movie being so tight and perfectly woven into an hour and a half. It's crazy how little happens in that hour yeah. and a half. I yeah. was in like an hour and 10 in and I looked at the time and I was like there's 20 minutes left. like it feels like it's barely started like, yeah 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 there's no plot development here absolutely and when it does develop it's a special kind of development let's put it that way <laughs> so yeah this is basically what happens when a giant pile of Italian Americans write a script about African black magic so you can you can really imagine what we're uh, about to get into the original writers were Joe Lemon with two M's Francesco Sicamani no no you're fucking it up you're fucking it Francesco up. Francesco Cinquemani. No. Francesco Cinquemani. Francesco Cinquemani. He's a, an actor. Uh, years ago he was, and uh, he reinvented himself as a writer and has only written badly rated stuff. And Giorgia Lamone. No. Giorgia Iannone. Giorgia Iannone. Oh, my God. God, <laughs> who fucking let this Jew try to come in here and tell us our names? Get him out of here! American! String a mob, ritual kill him! <laughs> uh, Georgia Iannone has no other credits. King. Uh, I believe she is somehow related to somebody involved in this project, uh, potentially. And uh, she does, however, have someone with that name on Instagram. And uh, that person is probably not the same person, but has a uh, very big titties so you've been listening to another episode of (laughs) this is not that this is not that but in this case this has big titties yeah she she is not her and that is just uh has no imdb uh credits to her name you know some piece of shit well i guess you in this case was like i really like this movie i want to go follow all the all the writers on 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 their socials hello whoa sweetie pie whoa this good a writer and that good a rack, my my own. Let, let's be clear. I'm being rude. Obviously, that's you know it's wrong of me. I atone in advance. But uh, she's like one of those like influencers who sure. spends all her time on vacation. Good like, for her taking photos of of her beautiful assets. Okay, moving on. Then uh, a bunch more people came on to rewrite the script or improve on it, including the original three. I can't imagine the piece of shit they picked up. We have Jennifer Lemon. So related to Joe and uh, usually a set designer before
before this. Okay. Uh, Luca Giliberto, <laughs> which I don't, not much going on there. I, I don't, like a couple of, I think there's like a couple of things, but all badly rated. Ferdinando de Lomo, usually a production designer. You, you'll notice Jake has given up on the names because he's just, <laughs> I've never seen a man fuck up. Italian names that bad. <laughs> Holy hell. We're leaving it all in, by the way. Fine. <laughs> and then uh, the, the the only uh, non-Italian who is 76 years old and called Robert T. Bowersocks, <laughs> which, which <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, we need, to, we need to fucking get a mick. We need to get a mick on this thing. Hey, I know Ro- Robbie. Robbie will come in. At the premiere of this, when they do the, you know, sort of like panel afterwards, and they're like, can you, can you tell us a little about the um, the sort of hiring process, you, you know, you have a lot of writers working on the film, and how did you go about uh, selecting, uh, you know, these these people? And they're like, "Well, I was I'm minding my own business, and a, a van pulled up, the door slid open, three <laughs> guys with masks jumped out, they threw me in. Next thing I knew, I was in a writer's room." Yeah, no, it uh, it is unclear uh, how this was done, and and I did I tried to look into the money and try to understand because at the beginning they they like open up with like Yervolino and Lady. Bacardi Productions, and I was like, okay, what the fuck is this? So I looked into it. They're and like, brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing, hey, you know what? We should have a movie bringing back Joe to Camel. Yeah, they, they took him out. They fucking whacked him. <laughs> At least part of the money comes from Lady Monica Bacardi, the heir okay. to a Cuban rum dynasty who has done a ton of plastic surgery, and this uh, younger guy who started a company with her, An- Andrea Yervolino, uh, and he is some sort of investor Italian playboy with like a weird network of businesses and films he's produced in Italy and a lawsuit for sexual battery which was dismissed maybe an informal out of court settlement or maybe something more sinister we do not know and we got to move on. Oh, we are we so get, we are so getting whacked get for whacked this episode. For this, huh? Oh, absolutely. You think there's a ton of podcasts out there that are discussing it? You think these guys don't have Google alerts set up for anybody mentioning the movie? They're going to be like, "Oh my god, a podcast. Famous, you know, successful podcast I, I did a full a full rundown of the movie. I can't wait to listen." You know what's going to happen? We're going to get black bagged and whacked. Well, they live in the neighborhood of uh which is where you live, and his name is Jake Hey, so hey. find him and unfucking believable. His full name is Jake. His address <laughs> <laughs> Avenue, I guess. I yeah, mean, we're we doing go. the whole thing. <laughs> but just listen, hey, if you're in the mob, hit me up. I'll, I got you. I'll give you the uncensored version. <laughs> I'm happy after my previous episode of where I'm obviously going to get whacked by like Wagner. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're gonna. Well, that's the that's what you want is Wagner and like and uh, the 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 mob. They meet at the door and they can't get through. They get like <laughs> stuck in the doorway together and they end up killing each other. It's like your version of Home Alone, but like the only traps you set up like are intended to like break their toes. <laughs> I like that. That would make the who, it's who's like the only other guy toe breaking really traps. Sad and go home. Pesci's the mob, but the other guy he would be Wagner. Daniel Stern. So we need Daniel Stern to be like uh, a Russian merc. <laughs> <laughs> he could do that. He could. He could probably. He could definitely do he that. He could pull that off. Okay. Um. So the movie that that seems to unite these people uh, is the Poison Rose, which also sounds like all of these sounds like la- sound like the movie Christopher made in The Sopranos, the a Cleaver. Or I whatever. was gonna. You stole that joke from me. I really? thought about that last night, where I was yeah, like, Oh, I'm totally gonna make that. a joke on the episode where that 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 I say that this screenplay feels like Christopher Maltesanti wrote it. But yeah, you, you've stolen this from me. Apologies. It's fine. Listen. Great minds think alike. You're not one of our people. I want to make it clear, okay? (laughs) 
that's another very badly rated film starring Travolta with an insane set of plugs and uh, Freeman uh, again. So this has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 20% audience score. So it may somehow be worse than this one. And you know what? Maybe we'll have to watch that piece of <laughs> but shit But I think, too. I, I think... I mean... Beautiful movie. I think they've got guns to the heads of the same twenty percent. You, you know, there it, it's nah, like everyone's getting something here. Let me tell you. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like it's like twenty percent for all our our, our our audience scores are all twenty percent. I, I found one reviewer musing about the ritual killer. What sort of nutty compromises were reached to get financing here, there, and everywhere, and round up this cast? Did it start life as an Italian thriller or a Mississippi tax incentive project or both? <laughs> Which is a good question. Uh, The cast is actually pretty stacked. We've got Vernon Davis, former NFL star, as uh, Randoku, uh, who's, you know, the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Detective Lucas Boyd, played by Cole Hauser, who was in Yellowstone. You also would, you also, I recognized him as the, he's the police officer who's escorting Riddick in uh, Pitch Black, the first, the first Riddick movie. Copy that. And Morgan Freeman, of course, as Dr. Mackles, uh, which I believe like, it's so crazy because it sounds often like the actors are doing a, a first pass at the script while they're acting. So sometimes they'll fuck up a pronunciation and fix it mm-hmm. later in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. the same character will say the name wrong and then later right. So, yeah, this was definitely like a one-take one Jake type mm-hmm. situation here. And then we've got a few other people filling in. We got Muriel Hilaire as Detective Kirsch. Uh, you know, there's there's talent here. Giuseppe Zeno as Mario Lavazzi, which is very funny because you'd think Italians would come up with a better name than like a name that just sounds like one of the big coffee brands. <laughs> Mario Wapolini. As... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Frank Tortolini. They're just it's just pasta names yeah. <laughs> for the last names. Also, uh, continuing on this lemon family thing, uh, the lemon kid was cast as that that little boy who's just oh. like sniffling and crying. That poor boy. That poor boy. What did they do to him? I thought maybe they were gonna save him, but he ended up getting murdered. <laughs> they cut his dick off, folks. The movie's mostly set in Clinton, Mississippi, which is just labeled Mississippi, USA when on screen. Like, <laughs> I, I really think they think the viewer is. Um, I looked up Clinton City and the Clinton City PD and like the entire population of that town is 27,000 people, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess it makes sense to not focus on that or something. So we open on a parade going down the street, bunch of people in the red costumes, noisy. We see a cop behind the wheel. It's Boyd. Hauser and Boyd is on his way somewhere. We don't know yet. And then we cut to uh, this middle-aged Italian man kind of awkwardly making his way down a, se- a set of metal stairs. Like every action scene, you can see the physical awkwardness of the actors mm-hmm. as if they're trying to do this for the first time or they're just, just tired. They're yeah. tired. <laughs> they're not <laughs> cut out for this. Uh, then he's sort of like hunched over as he scans these big warehouse rooms and he eventually runs into a dead woman in a pool of blood and other cops coming in through another door, which seemed like he'd never, he didn't need to do any of the climbing because they're just coming in like seconds after him uh, and they're even closer to the woman so her neck has been slit and there's a bunch of like what I would describe as an Italian man as a voodoo looking stuff uh, <laughs> around her we're talking skulls we're talking yeah. pools of candles blood candles in a circle candles and all of this is in Rome Italy so the movie is split between Rome Italy and Clinton Mississippi 
like I said, the, the saturation is turned so high that you can see greens in skin tones. <laughs> uh, you, you can see every burst blood vessel in poor Mr. Hauser. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, looks like Steven Seagal in he this does. movie. He, he looks like he Seagal. He also is heading towards Seagal because he spends a lot of the movie sitting down or getting into cars <laughs> and grunting while he does it. <laughs> I don't know if they told him, like, you got to be put upon, but he's not even that old. He's not even 50. No. Bro, I mean, all I have to say is... um. I hope to see you at the meetings, brother. That's all. <laughs> That's all I have to say about the uh, situation here with Hauser. So, okay, yeah, like the, the Mississippi River looks just straight up green. Like what once once uh, Freeman comes on screen, his liver spots on his face are green. Well, the movie A was, lot of things are green. The movie was graciously shot in 4K, mm-hmm. um, which I was surprised was an option when I, when I rented it. Yeah, and you want to see all those details of like how badly they fucked up the color. So, yeah, so they did the fake grain and insane saturation approach to try to get that 70s mob movie look. And uh, so... Okay, so first scene where we see something actually happening is Morgan Freeman. He is a college professor of African studies at Millsap College, and uh, his name is Dr. Mackles. And here is the opener of his lecture, in which we are treated to this script. There is an impossibly fine line between sanity and madness, and it's not always possible to know which side of that line we're standing on. The violence between disparate sides is not endemic to this culture. It is endemic to all cultures. We are, again, tribes. But defining our tribe is not as simple as the black people born under the sun or the white people born under the moon. (laughs) Our division is wrong of us against right self. And this division does not rest simply on an unfamiliarity with a tribe other than our own. It's deeper than that. This is, it is very funny to make a, first of all, a very ailing and frail looking Morgan Freeman reads such amazing shit as uh, white people born under the sun and black people, or <laughs> the opposite, white people born on the moon. It's it's so crazy. And right as he says tribes, they cut to an African-American student <laughs> in the audience. I this is like what like the people who cut humanities funding think goes on in humanities classes. <laughs> yeah, just limp. like facing is this, being like, is this what you guys are doing there? If you think about war, it always happens, and we always return <laughs> back to our primitives. You know, it's almost like it's in our nature. If yeah. you think about, if you think about white people, we're a nighttime people born under the moon. <laughs> But the blacks, it's the sun. That's what turns them that way. It's so funny. That is the opening line of the movie and is so patently insane that anybody... This is a 2023 film. I mean, amazing. This is interrupted by a Zoomer question as like, what if a 60-year-old wrote what like a Zoomer college student (laughs) would be like in a class delivered with such enthusiasm? Let's, Let's just put it that way. Here it is. Sir... Yes. It's the 21st century, Dr. Mackles. With my phone, I can learn about any culture on the planet. I'm a Google search away from knowing everything about a belief system in 20 minutes. (laughs) You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show, and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. 
So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you. (laughs) 